Welcome to Movie Film Studios, the only podcast that takes you inside the mind of two film studio executives as we unravel, then re-ravel the best that Hollywood has to offer. I'm Isaac. And I'm AJ. And this week, we and our merry men robbed from a mummy blogger and gave to an undercover baseball player. But before we get into something new, it's time for something old as we check in on our last feature in Box Office Report. Uh, Last week, we released the... Russian-themed, uh, the Checker-playing grizzly bear yeah. film, Shashki Medved. Shashki Medved. loosely stands for Checker's Bear, Checkers, according I mean, to Google Translate. We, we think. Uh, no Russians got in contact with us this week no. about the uh, the translation no. of the film. They did get us no uh, get in contact with us this week in regards to the, um, the content of the film. Really? Uh, strangely enough, you know how China has yeah. uh, rules where any, any panda anywhere mm. in the world... Yep belongs to belongs China. To China yep. Doesn't matter if, if it was two pandas in Australia that had a panda baby. Yep. That panda baby, although born in Australia, is technically property of the China, China yeah. and you have to pay licensing mm-hmm. just to have that animal in your country. Yep. Turns out it's the same with Russian folk stories. Really? Which is why there's not a lot of westernized Russian folk ah, stories okay. or at all. Because any folk story that travels outside of the Russia is still yep. the property of Russia. Right. And you have to pay uh, property rights to ah, it. Okay, so this is why maybe that's why the YouTube video is so popular because it's the only exposure to Russian folk tales that exactly. the world can get, and that was Masha and the Bear. Masha and the Bear. Uh, so what's really weird now as well is that all of the content that we generated. Yep. Vladimir called us up, oh, and, did he? and he's just like, um, "We need it all back." And oh. we're like, "Okay." Um, so now the highest rated video on Russian YouTube. Yep. Is the uh, ensemble cast doing a cover of all St- of Smash Mouth's cover of All Star, which is a uh, cover of the Neil Diamond song done by the Monkees. Anyway, um, they, they've now got six billion views. We've actually earned enough revenue just from that really? cover music video oh, brilliant. Um, to afford the licensing fees that we've had to pay the Russian government yeah. um, for, okay. for stealing their folk has, tales. Has old Vladdy has he has he got a direct line to movie film studios now? Yes, yeah. Right, okay. Uh, I mean, we had to set it up. Uh, the, the amount of complaint calls we were getting from world leaders was just sort of getting to the point where we had to uh, set up a designated line for right. that. So. Okay, fair enough. Okay. So so that's all that remains of our film is just that music video. Yeah, I mean, you have to, again, only available on the Russian on YouTube. On the Russian YouTube. You have to VPN in, otherwise right. they'll um, IP block you. Right, okay. Um, and yeah, so, the, yeah, I mean, it's a bit weird, the... There, apparently, there is even a Russian folklore tale yeah. about foreigners trying to steal their folklore <laughs> tales. So we can't even release like a documentary making oh, of man because technically that is also stealing the Russian folklore tale. Right. So. Okay. So we are like, are we rolling in? Is it rub? Do they still use Rub- rubles? Ru- rubles? Rubles over yeah. here in Russia? Are we rolling in rubles? No. no I, mean, it's, it's, I mean, everything that was generated has oh, gone back into the Russian government. It's gone back into the Russian. Oh, I mean, we man. are net neutral. So like, um, like. Overall, yep. we've broken even. Broken it, okay. Um, Taylor Swift and Justin Bieber and uh, Ed Sheeran um, yep. are now contractually obliged to perform um, at okay. uh, at several Russian sporting <laughs> events. Uh, that's that they've that's their yep. penance. But uh, yep. but we are officially like if if the last week had not had happened at all, <laughs> yep. uh, it would have been exactly the same financially <laughs> okay. for right. us. So. Well, that's fine. I mean, that's I mean that's a win in our books, really. Isn't yeah, exactly. It? Most of our films. Don't make any money at all. They lose quite a lot. But uh, breaking even, perfect. Um, uh, all you comrades over in Russia, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy our music video. And I mean, they they still also get to technically watch 
um, Shiaski Medved. Uh, I mean, because it's now owned by the Russian government. Ah, okay. And um, it's it's probably going to be propaganda very, yeah, very I mean, soon. It's on um, Vladimir's own sort of personal version <laughs> of Netflix, <laughs> okay. uh, which I mean, the entire population of Russia has access to, sure, so yeah. they can enjoy that one as well. Okay, brilliant. Enjoy it. <laughs> okay, uh, on to this week in trailers. Interesting mix this week. Uh, but first up on the list, we have. The Catcher Was a Spy, yeah. starring Paul Rudd, Jeff Daniels, and a whole bunch of other... It's an ensemble cast, is, this one. Yeah. Uh, written by the Academy Award-winning writer of Saving Private Ryan. Uh, and it does have a bit of that kind of flavour to it. It seems to be about, uh, based on a true story, um, an American baseball player who is secretly contracted by uh, the American government to yep. act as a spy. In, yeah, during World War Two. During World War II, I'm, yes. I'm not sure if the Germans were heaps into baseball and they were doing exhibition games. Who knows? I think he was just an impressive... Um, he's an athlete. He already spoke, he seven, spoke lang- seven languages. languages yeah. um, they just went, you, sir, are what it's, you know, the, the, the right stuff, as, mm. as they say, to, um, to actually infiltrate and, and actually turn the tide of this war. Um, and then the trailer's pretty much just long shots of... Jeff Daniels being the commanding officer, just <laughs> explaining how important the mission is to yeah, him yep. in long wooden corridors filled yep. with bookshelves, yep. um, with their hair neatly parted to the side, yep, yep. Uh, in their crisp uh, American World War Two yeah, uniforms. Indeed, and then it's interspersed with shots of Paul Rudd actually on mission, yep. and like, oh, he's in a inflatable boat at night trying to sneak up on through the river. Yep. Oh, he's in a car in Germany and he's surrounded by enemies. Oh, he's playing chess with Mark Strong and Mark Strong. <laughs> Turns was your move, and I'm like, oh, that's very intense. Uh, I mean, you know the film. Yeah. Spielberg did Bridge of Spies recently. The and Saving Private Ryan. Saving, yeah, exactly. It's it's a World War Two period piece yeah. film. Um, it's it's notable because Paul Rudd is in the lead, and this isn't yeah, a comedy. Not obviously. in any way. There is no levity that we saw in the trailer. And it's obviously, you know, the start of Paul Rudd's dramatic turn into more serious fare. Um, you know, leaving behind the anchor mans of the world and yeah. and, and the other ant man as well. Yeah, um, I, I love you, man. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> has, he, has he only done man films? <laughs> Probably, as it turns out. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah. Um, it's yeah. It's the film you've seen probably a whole bunch of times. So if you have any love for Paul Rudd and want to see him not making you laugh, then yeah. I mean, see this film or the other, other thing, film which if is you don't um, like him very much. The other thing which is interesting to point out with this one, a lot of dudes in this film. So many dudes. So like, I mean, you've got as we said, Paul Rudd and Jeff Daniels, also Paul Giamatti, yep. Guy Pearce, yep. Mark Strong. Yep. I think Sienna Miller sort of um, slips in there. Tom Wilkinson's somewhere. also in but there. But yeah, Tom Wilkinson. It's just like you look. It's like where where are the female roles in this film? Yeah. And it's just like there's, there's yep. not any. Yep. It's it's a little. It's a bit weird, I guess. Uh, but hey, 1950s America. 44, I mean, 1940s America. Sure. There we go. There you go. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Trailer number two. Let's go. To, let's go look at another film full of white dudes uh, in Robin Hood. Yeah. Only with a slight difference this time because uh, this one actually features Jamie Foxx as well. So this is a uh, a bit of a reimagining, I guess, of the uh, classic yeah folk tale of uh, Robin Hood, who, of course steals from the sheriff of Nottingham and gives to the poor, I guess. That's, uh, I mean, the basic plot of it, sure. Yeah, uh, but this particular version of the film is sort of by way of Guy Ritchie uh, and his Sherlock Holmes films. Yeah. Very, like, high-octane, 
insane stunts, insane action, like stuff flying at you through the screen, some kung fu in there because yeah. why not? Uh, a lot of these like shots of what I thought were actually guns, and I was very confused initially as to what's what period this film was in. But it's all this like really high tech looking crossbows, crossbows yeah. uh, that are sort of reloaded in the same way that you might load like an assault rifle. Yeah. Um, it, and uh, this looks rubbish. I, it does. I have to say, it looks it, it looks like terrible. Zach Schneider got his hand on it at some point as well. Yep. Um, it's got uh, sort of like that capoeira style, like twisting and backflip while shooting yeah. bows and arrows. Yep. I know slow motion, slow motion, uh, real close up angles of like grenades as yep. they're being launched at you. Yep. There's a whole bunch of these films that have been done recently. So mm. Three Musketeers, they did a three a three oh, yeah, D yeah. version of Three Musketeers. That. that was uh, a, I think that was uh, Roland Emmerich too. Possibly. I think he was involved in it. And um, they did um, the Guy Ritchie King Arthur. Yep. They did like Pompeii. Yeah. And it feels like these absolutely graphic spectacle films trying, yeah. to, trying to tell these classic stories, but in this modern action-y kind of way. Yeah. And it's just, it feels horrible. This actually does, it's, it's got the main, the main Robin Hood is the guy who played the main role in uh, Kingsman. Yes. Taron uh, Egerton or Egerton, one of the two. Um, and it kind of feels a bit like bad action like Kingsman yeah. 2 in lots yeah. of ways as well. Uh, I, this is the... It's the kind of film that it's the comic book. It's given the comic book treatment. Exactly. Actually, um, in the same way that a comic book might be illustrated, but also in the same way that most comic book films are going. Exactly. So very Deadpool-esque, a little bit of like winking at the... I'm pretty sure like, the, like Taron Egerton is playing Robin Hood and he does wink almost directly at the camera at one point during the trailer. And of course, at the end, the trailer ends with like a CGI arrow coming like towards the screen like as if we've fired it at the logo yeah. of Robin Hood as well um, yeah look don't, don't see this they've done the Robin Hood story a number of times there's yeah. the uh, what's his name Russell Crowe and, oh, yeah, and Ridley did Scott one. Yeah. did one um, which wasn't very good the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves with yep. Morgan Freeman and yep. um, Kevin Costner is yep. such a good film yep. and you know what the mark of a really good film is what? is when the parody, the parody film is out, yeah. fantastic because yep. Robin Hood Men in Tights is also a phenomenal it's film astoundingly good and it's kind of like uh, so Jamie Foxx is playing <laughs> Morgan Freeman slash Dave Chappelle <laughs> um, like that, that sort of character in yeah. this film and it's yep. kind of like Oh, it's it's just weird that he's in that role. It's a little weird, yeah. Um, the other really weird one here is uh, Australian musical comedian Tim yeah, Minchin. Tim Minchin's in there playing Friar Tuck. Friar Tuck, because you see a very brief glimpse of him, and um, it's just like, oh, that that guy looks like Tim Minchin, and I was like, that can't possibly be Tim Minchin. Tim yeah, Minchin's not yeah. an actor. What would he be doing in? No, apparently he's in this <laughs> it film. Is, he's in this film. Uh, yeah, he's he's like a, a musical director now. He writes musicals. Yeah, and, he wrote and, wrote the um, stage Matilda. Yeah, um, very clever lyrics. Very, very prolific. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know, funny in his own right, but. Does he belong in this no. film? I don't think He's so. He's more out of place than Jamie Foxx <laughs> playing like, uh, um, I don't even remember where the Crusades were. Um, Middle Eastern, Assyrian. Sure. Yep. Sure. Is Assyrian yeah, yeah. probably the right thing? I think that's a bit more... Persian? Yeah, Persian maybe. Uh, who knows? Is, it, uh, is, he playing, is he playing the Jack Johnson role? Is he just there for levity? Tim Minchin or Jamie Foxx? Tim, well, <laughs> Tim Minchin, but I mean, in a film that seems to be based entirely around levity, maybe he is the like ultimate levity exactly maybe Friar Tuck is somewhat musical in this uh, version of the, the, the story <laughs> and he's going to crack out the harpsichord this and do could, some uh, some maybe this is the next songs. Men in Tights 
So we watched another film, uh, another trailer, which we're not going to talk about today, but it's it mentioned that it was this year's The Hurt Locker. Oh, yeah. Uh, as if, you and, know, every year we're waiting for the next Hurt Locker exactly, to come or, 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 Like, you know, there was a Hurt Locker in 2016 yep. and 2015. Yep. I don't really remember what those films were, <laughs> but it's like, oh, no, this one's this year's Hurt yeah, Locker. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so is this this year's uh, Men in Tights, perhaps? I don't know. I, get- I think it is this year's King Arthur slash this year's yeah, Three it, Musketeers. It absolutely is. Um, I'm not sure what other... A middle English story there is that they could make a really bad over CG uh, yeah. over actionified um, no. version of. No, well, let's hope they don't any, don't do any more. <laughs> All right, let's round out this week's trailers with a turn down the more mystery thriller route yeah. with a simple favor. Or what happens to Emily? That's the one. Well, I, I could have sworn that was the name of the film because yeah. there's, there's all these sort of like in the trailer itself, um, these photographs that are sort of coalescing and they fall mm. on the ground and they form a question mark. Yep. And then the title comes up. What happens to Emily? I'm like, oh, so that's the name of the film. And then that fades and it goes a simple favor. I'm like, which one? Which one is the name of the film? And then it fades out again, and then you have all the hashtags yeah. that are called like you know, a simple favor. Simple favor, yeah. And I'm like, okay, so it's called a simple favor. And then for the rest of the time, we're talking about it uh, before recording. I couldn't stop <laughs> referring it to what happened to Emily. Yeah. So this uh, this film seems to be in a similar vein to Gone Girl. That kind of uh, someone has gone missing, and there's a bit of a mystery as to why they've gone missing or where they've gone. Uh, cue this sort of distrusting of people cue the lone witness who saw one thing and therefore has all the answers and decides to unravel the mystery yeah. herself um, and that is Anna Kendrick Anna in this, Kendrick. Uh, this go around um, this mean, is not- also based on a book yeah. as well not a lot happens in this trailer, so it's it's really no. weird. It sort of starts off, Anna Kendrick is admiring Blake Lively, who yeah. plays the, the woman who goes missing, her lifestyle, how she's so elegant, yeah. how her husband slash lover is attractive, and they yeah. seem to have it all going on. You see Anna Kendrick walking through her walk-in wardrobe, brushing her hands against the rich and opulent clothes. You see Blake Lively uh, drinking martinis in her yeah. um, open-plan house that backs onto a lake, yeah. and... and uh, Anna Kendrick's like, I want your life. And at that moment, I think I was called, I think I said the, it's the talented Mrs. Ripley, <laughs> as if it's like going to be, oh, Anna Kendrick does it to try and take over. And yeah. then it actually takes a twist of being like some sort of murder mystery. She disappears. Yeah. But the trailer tells you nothing. Tells you nothing. This is the kind of trailer where if you'd replaced all the moving footage with photographs and then applied the Ken Burns effect to them so that you slowly fade into them, you would have had the exact same amount of content because yeah. nothing happens in it. Now, I'm assuming that for people that have read this book, which according to reviewers is like Gone Girl on steroids because... Gone Girl, go, Gone Nuclear, go, I think gone is girls, another review. <laughs> gone Girl, Gone Wild. Yeah. Um, it's So I'm assuming that if you've read that book or if you're a fan of that book, you'll probably understand some of the context yeah. behind it. But for anyone else that doesn't like jumping onto a bandwagon just because one book did all right, um, it's a complete mystery as to what this film is about. Who knows? Having said that, it is a complete counterbalance to... Uh, the Catcher Was a Spy, yes. where the only two relevant roles in this seem to be female roles. Whereas, <laughs> and you know, it's, there's only two of them. Um, whereas yep. in uh, the other one, all of the roles <laughs> seem to be played by um, by men. So yep. uh, again, yeah, there's the, nothing to go off in the trailer to actually base. Chill. But like, it, it's a mystery of some kind. Someone's missing and someone knows something about it. 
it. You there hope we so. Go. That's it'd, about it'd, it. It'd be a bit of a boring film if someone <laughs> went missing and no one knew anything <laughs> about it. Oh, she yeah. just went missing. Yeah, Anna Kendrick's like, oh, no idea. No one knows. No one knows. <laughs> I've never met her before in my life. <laughs> Roll credits. Um, all right. Those are the three trailers for this week's episode. But of course, before we do anything with any of those trailers, we're going to have to take a little walk over to Somewhere Green. Let's go. All right, here we are in the green room. Yes, indeed. Um, I believe you chose last week I did. Um, to make a film based on a Pepsi commercial. Yes, I did. Uh, and so this week, it's All my right. choice. Yes, Just indeed. As a bit of a recap of the three options that we have, mm-hmm. um, we have a uh, World War II historical spy thriller. Yep. We have a modern action retelling of a classic piece of um, folklore. Folklore, yep. And then we have a murder thriller. Um, a murder thriller? Sure, why not? Sure, yeah. M- mystery murder. Mystery murder missing. thriller based on a contemporary book. Yeah, I mean, sure. I'm not <laughs> sure we can get the rights for a book. This is such a tough one. It is. I think that all three are just so perfect to be movie film studio or Indeed. But I think I'm going to go in a way that we've we haven't really gone before. Okay, and I reckon we should take a simple favor. Yep, and do a all female cast murder mystery. Uh, you know, put the pieces together. Yep, uh, Gone Girl on crack with a yep. button over a nuclear bomb <laughs> as an asteroid heads towards Earth and we all sucked yep, into yep, a black yep, yep. hole. All right. it's going to be that that intense. So, I, <laughs> okay, so I think I like this because. The Gone Girl kind of template always deals with like a small town somebody yep. uh, who either has a bit of an opulent life but is otherwise relatively unknown. And the situation is that that person has gone missing and the circumstances are always very isolated. They're always very like um, yeah. uh, close-knit. We need to go the opposite direction and go with the whole Gone Girl on crack cocaine kind of method and make the stakes huge all right absolutely huge now you mentioned nuclear war right you mentioned something about nuclear fallout or whatever um so what if the stakes are the person that's gone missing has the codes to the nukes and the nukes have been like launched and the codes are the only thing that will stop them now but the person that has the codes has gone missing you know what you've just done what have i done you have introduce the elements that we would have probably have done from the catcher was a spy <laughs> yeah so are we doing simultaneous films it is you know it is, what? It Why is not? simultaneously let's, a world war ii let's thriller. Do, yeah, historical thr- no let's do it in the cold war instead cold war yeah. we haven't been down there for a little while and we not do since love tequila goals we do love a, a a refreshing war um so cold war uh that we assume that so you know John F Kennedy is kind of the uh, face of the of U.S. politics, but yeah. underneath it all, it's actually a ragtag group of women yes. who run everything. Like yeah. they're, they're kind of like the Illuminati of the day, basically. Yeah, sure. Uh, one of them has the nukes, the codes for the nukes. The codes for the nukes. Now, yeah. our, our body JFK launched them accidentally. Like, this is at the... We'll set it during the Cuban Missile Crisis, Yeah, right? sure. So, I believe that the crux of that was that, like, the world was, like, teetering on the edge of uh, nuclear war. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, we could probably find out actually what happened through like history, probably, yeah. history books and stuff, yeah. but that's just a little bit too that's much. Fine. No, no, that's fine. We're yeah. going to do alternate history, so that means it doesn't matter. We doesn't just need matter, like yeah. one or two facts. We just need a tiny bit of like archival footage, which will then comp oh, yeah. in yep. our actors into it to make it look authentic, like Forrest Gump style. I was about to say, I, I was watching clips from Forrest Gump on YouTube yeah. recently. They did a really they good job good of job, that. Yeah. Like back in 94 or whenever it yeah. came out. I was like, hey, like actually putting these characters yep. into archival footage works yeah. really well. We we haven't had a uh, a film that sort of recanonizes various events in history for quite a long time. Yeah. So, uh, so retrofit rather. Um, so I think we should do that, right? So we take a little bit of archival footage during the Cuban Missile Crisis, uh, slot in whoever our actresses are going to be during this crisis, yeah. say that the nukes were launched unbeknownst yeah. to the world, but the one person that has the codes to disable them goes missing. Goes missing. So it's a race against time. Of course, because it's the 1960s, the nukes are really slow. Yeah, they probably so take they, a couple they of take days. take a while. A couple of days to get anywhere. <laughs> That's right, yeah. And like the radar's not good enough that no. people can't detect them coming. Exactly. So really, it's just like, oh, we've got like four days to solve this crime before yep. they yep. hit Russia, I think, Cold yep. War. Why yeah, not? absolutely. Um, USSR, I suppose, at that point. Um, they're heading towards Moscow. Yep. And like, I mean, it doesn't even need to be alternate history, right? No. This can be declassified history. Yeah, even better. In a way where we know that it probably all turns out all right yeah. because the missiles didn't hit Moscow and kill exactly, everyone. Yeah. And instead were like launched and fell, went into the Arctic underneath yep. the, you know, in the... You know the, what's good about this as well? We can have based on a true story in the trailer. Because like the Cold War is a Cold true War story. Existed. And we're basing yeah. it on that. Absolutely. I wonder how much, like, what's the percentage of a story that has to be true for you to say based on a true story? I'm not sure anyone's counting. <laughs> I think, uh, isn't it um, Fargo was like a two-line... <laughs> A two-line story in right, like yeah. a, in a newspaper, yep. and they like they say that's based on a true story. Right. The names and characters, like no, like they people <laughs> found the article. It was like um, man disposes of of uh, body in wood chipper, yep. and that's all that it said. Yeah, but and see, I mean, like at least that is a focal point of Fargo as well. Like it's sort of one of the most iconic images from that film. But I'm thinking of something like um, X Men: Days of Future Past, which has Richard Nixon in it. Oh, like, right. purely by the fact that Richard Nixon is in that film, can you say based, based on, on, on a true, true story? story? Yeah. Why but, not? But can you also say that none of the characters in these films are based on anyone living or dead? I'm like, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> it looks like Richard Nixon, <laughs> and you called him Richard Nixon. <laughs> it is quite clearly based on someone living or dead. Yeah, it's and not, you're, it's you're not just, purely coincidental. It is not coincidental at all. Oh, it's really weird. We, we're just picking names <laughs> out know, of a yeah. hat, a random name generator, and yeah. the, the guy that was supposed to be playing the president, yeah. they said his name was Richard That's Nixon. That's right, and when we went to cast this actor, again, random face generator, we just uh, typed into I'm DB some actor's name and look he looks exactly yeah, well yeah big bulbous nose that's and right yeah. <laughs> I don't actually that's my Winston Churchill um, uh, anyway so back to our story so uh, Cuban Missile Crisis it's the 1960s JFK is in charge but underneath there's a secret cabal of uh, of women who basically run the world yeah uh, JFK accidentally launches the nukes because he's too busy womanizing absolutely stupid man <laughs> So the nukes are on the way to Russia. They're a bit slow, so they'll take four days to get there. Um, the uh, person who has the code to disable or to divert those missiles has gone missing. Gone missing. Right. And I think that person is played by Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle and, Pfeiffer? Okay. And she's, like, she's the head of this um, uh, spy network. Great. Now, I think one of the tropes of these 
kind of films is the person that's gone missing also has some kind of shady past. So everything seems yeah, fine on exactly. the surface. The, but the surface is all chic, um, yeah, yep. nightgowns, uh, nightgowns, nice, <laughs> nice, nice gowns, martinis, um, lavish parties. Yep. But as soon as like it starts unraveling, they find her diary. Yeah. And her diary is like part of this is written in Russian. Yeah. Oh, so she is she a Russian super agent? They don't know because oh. Google Translate doesn't exist to turn the <laughs> Russian into English for them. Yeah, but or does it? Maybe it does in our secret compartment. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. Like- and then, like you know, the only person that they can um, get to translate is a prisoner of war that they've caught, a, okay, a spy. Yeah, yeah. Yep, they're the only person who speaks Russian. Yep, but you know, can they trust what this person is translating yeah. for them? Yeah. Ooh, who knows played by Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> okay. I, I, I like this casting yeah, as we go. I'm yeah. getting right. I'm getting people I like sort this. of yep. um and so yeah Aubrey Plaza is the the spy is that the they Russian caught, spy? and they yep. don't know who how they if they can even trust the translation of yeah, the diary. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I like this. Um now we also need a I think we need sort of the um the good not the good one, but the one that we kind of follow as the protagonist. The yeah. one that's sort of like I really had nothing to do with this, but I saw something and therefore now I'm in over my head. Yeah. We need that kind of character who's maybe like more of a lowly member of the yeah. cabal or the Illuminati, someone who's just maybe it's like the janitor or something. Yeah, not not janitor, but she's definitely got a role as like um you know, maybe like a junior code breaker. She's an associate. Mm. And maybe maybe she's Michelle Pfeiffer's like assistant. Okay. And yep. and um That's a good and, idea. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and and so when she goes missing, the focal yep. of the focal point of the story is is done through yep. her. Played by Emma Watson. Emma Watson, yep. I like it. I was gonna say um uh, Carrie Mulligan, I reckon she's got to oh, be yeah. in this film as well. Okay. Um, I I don't think we've cast her. And we I, haven't I, cast her in anything. No. no. Uh, so she can play the um one of the roles. Did she do it? Did Carrie Mulligan do it? Maybe. Is uh, that uh, so? We, do we go for like the twist at the end? This character that we thought was young, wholesome, and good is actually the one that did it. I don't know. I thought was is Emma Watson not our young, wholesome, and good person? Well, ooh. I don't know. Oh, we're going to have both. I, mean, I actually would like Emma Watson to be the murderer. That'd be really cool. Okay. Like, because everyone's like, but you were Hermione and you were <laughs> Beauty and the Beast and you're so... And she's like, no, I can kill yep. Russian spy <laughs> people too. Um, well, hang on. So let's, uh, let's... We need to figure out why she would kill Michelle Pfeiffer's character then. Yeah. Uh, because either she's a Russian spy or Michelle Pfeiffer was so a Russian spy. So maybe Emma Watson planted the diary... In Ooh. Michelle Pfeiffer's like office to throw the scent, right? So like Michelle Pfeiffer goes missing with the codes. Everyone suspects that uh, she is a Russian, um, which would kickstart the Cold War and turn it into a quite a toasty war. Yeah. Um, but really, it's Emma Watson trying to like cover her tracks. Yeah. Um, by putting a false diary in her office. Yeah. And then... Um, yeah, yeah, okay. And, like, Carrie Mulligan's character suspects it because she knows what Michelle Pfeiffer's handwriting looks like. Exactly. So she's like, this isn't quite right. And she's doing, like, that, you know, you do, like, a close-up of the handwriting, do some a bit of analysis. Yeah. And she's comparing it to, like, a personal note that she might have received from her at one point. And she's like, the loops on the G don't, don't align. Yeah. They're not and, the same. And then all of a sudden, Drew Barrymore turns up dead. <laughs> Like she turns up she dead. She turns up dead. Right. And just like, oh, I didn't even realise you were a character in this film and then suddenly you're a murder victim. Yep. Who killed her? Well this time it was Carrie Mulligan. <laughs> Emma Watson didn't kill like you think it's gonna be the same person well, who hey, killed hang them. On a sec. But so, Carrie Mulligan killed this one. So did Carrie Mulligan kill her because she suspected Drew Barrymore? No, or, for completely uh, uh, completely unrelated uh, yeah, reasons. Okay. Uh, it was it was um 
a, a Ponzi scheme she got sucked into and lost all her money and she got angry. And then Carrie okay. Mulligan tries to pass off that murder all right, great. Um, as being by the, the same But people. I reckon that the reason why Drew Barrymore got into the Ponzi scheme is because she killed someone as well and she needed the money to escape. Yes. So Drew Barrymore... She, she killed Her- Helen Mirren. Her- exactly, yeah. Exactly. So, and, then, and so Helen Mirren's body just washes up about three quarters <laughs> of the way through the film. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, Helen Mirren's in this as well. But apparently not acting at all because all of these ph- phenomenal female actresses just show up Dead. with no, no actual like, meaty roles to play. Yep. And as well as being a um, a commentary on the Cold War, it's also a comment- commentary on the the current state of of Hollywood. Mm, it's like you know, point, what, what's yes. the point of putting female you know people in this film if they yep. don't actually get a chance to play a good role? Exactly, exactly. Okay, great. So the body count is stacking up here. It is now. Uh, so Helen Mirren's dead. Now, is there any reason why uh, Drew Barrymore killed her? Um. I think um, she was planning on cutting Drew Barrymore out of the, the Ponzi scheme, the pyramid ah, okay. scheme. And so they had a falling out and she whacked her over okay, the so head. Okay, so they're both her. in the Ponzi scheme. Okay, we need a reason why they're in the Ponzi scheme then. They're, they're trying to capitalize on the, the fear of the Cold War and ah, okay, monetize yep. it to, like, use it for their own monetary So maybe game. like an insurance, uh, an insurance trading scheme or something yeah. based on um, shorting the stocks of yeah, some... Yeah, shorting the stocks of... Um, What's made in Moscow? Because they're like pretty sure that Vod- Moscow vodka, vodka exactly. <laughs> okay, they're 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 playing the old vodka. Um, their um, vodka syndicates inside yep. insider trading. Yeah. Okay. And Helen Mirren is uh, is not having any of it, and no. neither is uh, Helena Bottom Carter. <laughs> so she's in it too. Yeah. So exactly. Is, she, is, is that the triangle right there? Helena, Helen, and Drew. Yeah, yeah. They're, I mean, they're they're all trying to profiteer. Yep. Whilst Michelle Pfeiffer is or maybe isn't trying to stop the nuclear war. Yep. And Emma Watson's trying to yep. learn um, about the craft of um, controlling world politics. Yep. Um, and all the while, you just know Kerry Mulligan's like gunning for the job, and they capture <laughs> and imprison Aubrey Plaza. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, and and there's, I mean, there's a. <laughs> There's a whole whole there's lot so of so much going on. There is a whole and there's so lot, so many murders. Yeah, and when um yeah and when uh, Zoe Saldana yeah she she just dies of a heart attack and everyone <laughs> just, everyone <laughs> thinks that she was murdered yeah but as it turns out the the coroner's just like pure no it's just death. Yeah, yeah just uh, through a clot and just, it's like was it like some sort of Russian secret made drug no, no it's just just just, uh, just sort of happened just happened yeah all right great um I like this now I think for the cabal this Illuminati there does need to be a kind of like. Uh, high table, round table, the the sort of oh yeah, creme de la creme of the <laughs> undercover world, right? So who are we gonna have in there? So they should be the ones that are sort of like overseeing the world. They're always like seated in front of a very large bank of computers and looking yeah. at like various situations going on in the world and so on and so forth. Uh, so who? We, I mean, it's got to be Beyonce. Yeah, I mean, she, Beyonce she's in definitely in there. Uh, um, she's, I think she has to be the head honcho. I mean, there's been so many rumours about her being in the Illuminati. We might as well just cast her as the head of the Illuminati in the 1960s. Um, yeah. I think there, sh- there should be probably about three, I reckon. It should be like the, the head and then the two like side ranking officials. I don't know. <laughs> the, the number, the two I see and the three I see. Uh, so we've got Beyonce as in charge. Two uh, I see will be, I want to say Lupita Nyong'o. I yep, can't sure. really pronounce her name. Yep. Um, and number three is Rachel Weiss. Yep, sure. There we go. And when they show up dead halfway through the film, yep, because their their <laughs> secret quarters have been pumped full of gas. <laughs> um, people are like there's just too many murders to solve. <laughs> 
this is like murder number eight, nine, and ten. Yeah. How are we? And like, who's who's taking all all the? Yep. So then, hang on, is it going to emerge that there's going to be one left? I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, so Carrie Mulligan, we thought was our wholesome protagonist, yeah. is a murderer as well. Yeah. Uh, so I think one one person needs to emerge victorious at the end to sort of like find like okay, so let's say that at the end. Pretty much the entire Illuminati is dead at this point because yes. they've all been murdered. They've all either been murdered, died of natural causes, or eliminated by someone else. Yeah. Um. So there's one left. She manages to find uh, the body of Michelle Pfeiffer, and inside Michelle Pfeiffer's breast pocket, she's got the codes in there. Yeah. So it's like that last desperate attempt. It's like five seconds until yep. impact. Um, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, five seconds till impact, uh, and she's got her like briefcase laptop with her, which is quite heavy and large and full of complicated old fashioned um hardware. Yeah, uh, and she's able to type that code into the computer at the last second. Five seconds to go to impact, the missile suddenly like U turn and go back the other way, and I don't know, collapse into the ocean. Yeah, or into the ocean, um, and then it turns out Aubrey Plaza wasn't Russian at all. Really, didn't even speak Russian no. the whole time. She was secretly. <laughs> Um, working for the American uh, government. Yep. Because they like, if we imprison you and you pretend to be a Russian spy, yep. then people will come to you for advice yep. a la Hannibal Lecter. Ooh. And then you can give them the wrong advice because <laughs> they're all bad. They're all going to kill each other and yep. they're all going to die. And okay. then at the last moment you can step in yep. and save it. So like all of her Russian translations all the way through the film yep. were all completely wrong. Yep. And that means we don't have to learn Russian at all. <laughs> uh, we can just sort of like make it up as we go because okay. that's what the character is doing so Aubrey Plaza turns out to be the unlikely hero of the of the film yeah exactly okay I like that that works that's a huge cast as well yeah and there's only I mean we only need one male actor to play no we don't even need that we just need archival archival footage footage. exactly no male actors yep uh no male gaffers. The best yep. boy, not even not yep. even a boy. Yep. Um, directors, sound studios. Yep. It's uh, in fact, I'm going to have to wash my hands of this right now. I think so too. I actually know who should direct this as well. Uh, we discussed the Hurt Locker earlier. Okay, Catherine Bigelow. We're going to have to get Catherine Bigelow to direct this. Um, this feels like it could be. I, I think actually well. we probably need to bring some writers on board as well. Probably, and just yeah. say like right now we're creatively we're done. Yep. That, that's it. You can take this. Um and. Knowing, yeah, knowing what they'll do, they'll probably actually make a decent film out of it. It's like, what happened to all the brutalization and murdering of women? It's like, yeah, that's not really how we feel they should be depicted on screen. No. Um, I think, you know, far too many films depict that uh, women women seem to be all the ways the victims, all the ones we're getting killed. I'm like, yeah, but you took out all of the murder. And it's like, yeah, we did. And it's just like an, an actually good film about <laughs> that's right. um, historically accurate female role yeah, within this, the Cold War. This would actually win Academy. Awards. So, so, is it this is exactly? You know what we want to do if we have to want to win an Academy Award is just like to get our fingerprints all of, all of the film and make sure like no one has any inclination that literally uh, just give it to someone talented. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Great. Um, <laughs> all right. We do need one more thing for this film. Oh, we need a title. That is a title. Yes. So we're dealing with uh, secret societies, Illuminati. We're dealing with the Cold War. 1960s Russian influence wow this is the second week we've done Russian influences yeah mm, no collusion here don't worry definitely not taking bribes <laughs> um, so yeah we've got a bit of a mystery we've got a thriller we've got gratuitous deaths uh, we have an ensemble cast we have a lot of like 
what I suppose pop culture has deemed to be queens as well. Uh, I'm thinking about uh, Beyonce in particular. Yeah. Um, the King of Queens. <laughs> the King of Queens. Uh, uh, Kevin James will not be happy about that. <laughs> no. Cold Shoulder. Ooh. It's got... It's got no, s- yeah, there's something about like the cold war and like the cold body of like of a of a corpse yeah cold secrets cold secrets yeah um the secret lives of war i mean yeah like the 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 catcher was a spy was yep. like a pretty like a long-winded bridge of spies yep. does it have to have the word spy in it is that mandatory nowadays or uh, yeah what's that was there what's that other film that has a spy in it with gary oldman Tinker Taylor Soldier Soldier Spy. Spy. Melissa McCarthy was in a film called Spy. Spy. The Spy Who Knew Too Much. And the Spy... No, it was The Man Who Knew Too Much. Spies Like Us. Yep. Um, So I think... The Spy Who Loved Me. Exactly. I mean, if you want to make sure that people know it's a spy film, (laughs) even though it's supposed to be a Gone Girl style film, (laughs) um, we have to have the word spy in it. Apparently, uh, what is Gone Girl's sort of like... I think girl, like the girl on the train, yep. gone girl. So spy girl. Spy girl. Now it's just sounding like a spy girl and lava boy. <laughs> so we have to have the word cold yep. in there as well. Okay, let's just throw the ingredients in and see what comes out the other side. Yep. We have to have the word girl. Yep. We have to have the word spy. Yep. And we have to have something that's cold. Cold, um, or, cold or ice. Yep. Um, Frozen. Is, is there any other words in there that sort of like come up in a in a mystery spy i feel like the frozen spy kind of works frozen spy girl yeah you're missing girl the frozen spy girl because like the frozen spy girl yeah because like you can have like those really gritty intense posters where it's just a picture or like a an image of michelle pfeiffer's cold girl body cold girl spy cold girl spy spy girl cold chili chili. (laughs) it just sounds like she's unwell she's got a spy girl cold All right, so that's not the order. Cold girl spy. Hang on. How many? There's, there's eight permutations of those three words, right? Yep. Theoretically. Yep. So cold girl spy. Yep. Cold spy girl. Girl, girl, girl spy, spy cold. cold. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's just all of them. It, it, it's, it's all. Um, it's all. Well, maybe six it's just of them like. Just it's, maybe it's like yeah. girl, full stop, spy, full stop, gold, cold, full stop. Yeah, that's it. Almost like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, but instead of it being like one sentence, it's individual words. So, which order did you put them in? Or do you not remember? <laughs> I don't Girl, Girl, stop, spy, spy stop, stop, cold, stop. stop. And yeah, we just need the stops in there because it's like a telegram. Exactly. Perfect. It's maybe it. maybe that's the plot of the film. Um, they that's the only message. Something's yeah. come on through the telegram. It's like, Girl, oh, yeah. stop, 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 spy, spy stop. stop. Cold. Stop. stop. And that's the only clue yeah. that got, and that's what we call the film. That's it. Perfect. I like it. Absolutely perfect. All right. Fantastic. I think is that a rap? That is. That I is think. a rap on cold. Girl stop, cold stop. stop. No spy? Cold was last. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I don't think it matters. No, it doesn't. Uh all right. I think that is a wrap. Housekeeping, as per usual, we are online. We are moviefilmstudios.net where you can find all of our previous episodes, some bios of us, and of course Mafwizawada, which is a database of every single film that we've released on this podcast. Uh join us on our Facebook page, search for Movie Film Studios and join the community there, where Isaac posts emoji clues as to the trailers that we've watched in the upcoming episode i think as an additional 
to the emoji clues that I do, I'm also going to do a Google Translate every week. Yeah. Picking a random language yep. uh, and translating that uh, film's name into that language. Yeah. If you can guess what language it is, you can probably <laughs> reverse engineer it. Uh, sometimes you may get it, uh, may not even be able to guess what language it is. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, some weeks there's just complicated film titles Absolutely. that I just cannot do. And Google Translate uh, offers me an out, which I'm going to take. Uh, and if you listen to last week's episode as well, we did actually post a very, very big clue as to how we choose our trailers as exactly. well. I'm not going to tell you this week because I want you to go and listen to it. But yeah. Uh, yeah, you'll find it very easy after that if you do listen to that episode. Um, we are on Twitter as well. Don't even bother. And we're on iTunes, Podbean and any other place that you get podcasts. I think that's it this week. That is indeed. All that remains is to thank you all for listening. I've been Isaac. And I've been AJ. Roll credits. March winds and April